You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. You know, every single podcast we have this moment right beforehand. It's like, am I starting or are you starting? What am I going to say? What are you going to say? And it always ends up just being something off the cuff that we usually don't plan. We usually, the only planning that we have is what we're going to talk about in the podcast, but the opening remarks is really a shoot from the hip scenario. Sometimes I come across things during the week that I go, I should bring this up in the podcast. That'd be a great starter. But I normally don't write them down. Reminds me of the great saying, one of those that is an oldie but a goldie, short pencil is better than a long Long. memory. So write things down. Track it. Put it in somewhere. It's actually good for your brain too because otherwise your brain will burn energy on retaining something that you could just put on paper and your brain doesn't have to yeah. hold. I love taking notes of the pencil way more than a pen. For the reason that... Not that I can erase. Gr- oh, it just, just like it. flows better. And growing up in school, you're trained to write with a pencil, right? What are those pens? It looks like this, but it's like super wet. It, it leaves a lot. It's like the Glide 2 or something. Yeah, People love the them. The Pilot. Yeah. It's too wet for me when I write. It like bleeds everywhere. Yeah, I've yet to find a pen that I really like. Hmm. I love pencils, um, the ease of writing. And again, you grow up through all of school. I know you were homeschooled. I'm sorry. But from like, it'd be my first grade class and they give you your supply list before the school year starts. You go I to the store. I actually was in school until second grade, okay. so I know what you're talking so about. So they specifically say a number two pencil. And like, you could Ticonderoga. be- Ticonderoga. Ooh, don't get me started on Ticonderoga. The Ticonderoga Black. That thing wrote like butter, right? And I've yet to find a pen that is as quick and elegant as Yamaguchi on the ice. Okay, I haven't found one yet. But pencils, you're just trained to to use them. And if you came into class with a number one pencil, you were a gangster. Let me just say this: Don't you dare go into a math class and have a pen. You're yeah. you're you're done for. You're done. What's her name? Christina Yamaguchi. She was the ice skater. Figure skater. Figure skater. Yeah. Yet to find a pen that writes like Christina Yamaguchi but again, on the ice. A short pencil's better than a long memory. <laughs> Take some notes. For Not no other reason that if you write it down, then we we're gonna get into this podcast. At the beginning of the year, I had mentioned the seven P's of planning. And some of that is uh place it, place it on a calendar, write it down. That gives you an action step. It gives you something to Pull your pen or pencil, Ticonderoga black, pull it out, and then put a line through it that you've completed it. Get that dopamine hit. Mm. feels so good, and it's good for you. Uh, But today, I want to talk about the new year. What have you written down? What were you endeavoring to do? We're in February now, folks. We're in the second month. It's wild. We're in the month of love. Yeah. Are you loving the start to this year? Maybe you're going, (laughs) I went out, I ventured to do great things, and I'm not seeing the start that I wanted to see. Do not despair. I believe what we're going to share about today can help. We're going to talk about one of, not one of, I dare say the most foundational teaching, one of the ABCs of the body of Christ. You're in preschool right now. Yeah. Maybe you don't get a snack and a nap time. You're starting off a little harsh and I don't want to perpetuate harshness in this (laughs) though. This isn't, it's a, it's a sobering topic, isn't it? That was a question. I, I may it have is, been rhetorical. It is. I know what you're going to say. 
Repentance. The listener doesn't know. Oh, repentance. repentance. I just said it. Repentance. It is the foundational teaching. When you get to Hebrews 6, where it talks about the principles of the Christian faith, the first one that's mentioned is repentance from dead works. It's the first thing. You can't go on to the next level until you learn repentance. Mm-hmm. You can't enter the kingdom of God if you aren't willing yeah. to repent. Don't so it's good to, think about to have a great understanding of you repentance. repentance. You know, that was a convicting thing for me. Going back, you had mentioned baptism. That's yeah. one of, actually, it's not baptism. It's doctrine of doctrine baptisms. Of baptisms. Which people freak out because it, there is a section where Paul says there's mm-hmm. one baptism. Not today's podcast. But what I was saying <laughs> is... There are six foundational principles of the body of Christ. Mm. And before Pastor Mark taught on them, if you asked me, I couldn't say what yeah. they are. Seriously. So it's good to know those. Go to Hebrews 6, first part of that chapter, and you'll learn about them. But what I was saying about repentance is that it's foundational. I can't remember exactly what I was going to talk about because I went off on that. Sorry. But I'll say this. It's proven not just in that one section of Hebrews 6. I've said Hebrews 6 so many times. You're going to remember that it's in Hebrews 6, but you can find it at the beginning of the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Who was the forerunner before Jesus Christ? He's multitasking. John the Baptist. John the Baptist, his cousin, John the Baptist. The message that John the Baptist preached was what? Repentance. Go, okay, that was his message. That was needed for Jesus to come on the scene. But once Jesus came on the scene, his first message was a message of repentance, which is wild to me. You know, I've had the opportunity to preach messages at certain places. And whenever I go somewhere new or my first time coming on the scene at a new location, I don't normally want to teach on repentance. It doesn't seem like (laughs) the thing that burns in my heart. (laughs) I want to share on repentance. You want to share on something that might be uplifting, maybe your best message, the one that gets the crowd worked up and has smiles on their faces, laughing, shouting. But Jesus, John the Baptist, really... They understood the necessity of turning. And when I taught this at youth, I did this fun analogy. I like to make slides for my messages and have them up on the screen. So I have this Adobe slide maker and you Mm. can go on and you can do a Google search to find backgrounds. So I thought it'd be fun. What if I just type repentance in this Adobe uh free picture search. So it was wild what you saw. You saw people with a Bible and like hands crossed. There was a picture of a guy in prison garb with lines striped and handcuffs on. And it was, you just got a bunch of different pictures of what repentance can be. And I think sometimes in culture and society, we feel the same way. We think of very external pictures of it, but I have a definition that I got from the Lord and probably from some other ministers, but this is my definition of repentance. Uh, repentance is something internal. It's an internal response that affects your external behavior and your eternal reality. Nice. An internal response that affects your external behavior and your eternal reality. And really it is something that starts in the heart. It makes me think of first Corinthians two 11, where Paul wrote, who can see into a man's heart and know his thoughts, only the spirit that dwells within the man in the same way, the thoughts of God are known only by his spirit. It's something that we have to come to terms with, with God and ourselves. Are we repenting? So I know for a lot of times, I feel like I can see someone's repentance from their external posture. Mm. Are they weeping? Are they crying? Are they travailing? Are they, are they 
shaking? Are they are they are they on the floor? Are they you know mm-hmm. what what would you say externally we may connotate our behaviors of someone who's repented? Yeah, I think crying is like up there number one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crying Coming and, to the front of the church yeah, during an altar call. Yep, hands raised on the floor, either prostrate or supine. Eh? Either way. Probably normally prostrate. Yeah, I think if you're supine on the floor, you're not repenting. Do you, do you have a way, this is besides <laughs> the point, but you can tell the difference between being prostrate and supine? I know it because you told me. My dad taught me this. Honoring my father, I want to share it with all of you right now. You can tell prostrate is laying down on your belly. Supine is when you're laying on your back looking up. My dad said this, you can tell supine is looking up because you can see the pines supine. if you're laying on your back. So that's prostrate. a phrase, that's a word that I think is rarely used. Very In rarely my used. circle of friends, I'm probably, you and me are probably the only ones who use it. And it's used maybe three or four times a year. In joke. In <laughs> Honestly, I was shocked supine. that you brought it up in this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> but thank you for doing it. This is something interesting about repentance. Pastor Mark, I'm thankful really emphasize this. I believe at the beginning of last year, we got a book from Rick Renner. Shout out to Rick Renner. What? Hey, Rick Renner. Rick, shout out to that Shout out guy. to that name. Rick Renner. Uh, Rick Renner. Yep. He wrote a book on repentance and it was all about what repentance really is. If it is a yeah. foundational principle of the body of Christ, we really should it's understand It's an easy read, but, but tough to swallow. Context. It's a short read, but a convicting. Yeah. Short read, hard read. Short, hard read. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Repentance actually doesn't start in your emotions, mm-hmm. nor are your emotions even necessary right. for repentance. Repentance doesn't even start in your heart. Ah. Repentance is something that starts intellectually in your mind. Mm. In the spiritual right. walk, so many things are not something that starts in your mind, but repentance is something that has to start in your mind. It's a conscious decision. Right. Maybe holding emotion in it, maybe having that, maybe not. I believe repentance is something that can only be told after an amount of time has taken place, if you've truly repented or not. Mm-hmm. The moment repentance has happened, you can't tell externally if someone's repented. It, there has to be a test of time to it, but it's an internal decision of the mind that you are going to do something different, that you're going to turn. Yeah. I'd say, I think that's the same definition of what I like to Talk about, I mean, I've talked about it a lot of times on this podcast, but the definition of, no, of commitment, right? Commitment is sticking to what you said long after the mood you said it in has left. Same thing with repentance. When you repent, a lot of emotions can be attached to it, but that that environment and those emotions will soon leave. And the, the only thing you really have left is the decision that you've made with your mind, right? And are you sticking to that decision when the mood or, or the feeling of remorse has left, right? A lot of times we repent because of feeling of remorse. Yeah, so Rick Renner makes this distinction. We see that in the New Testament, and I think especially in the King James translation, it says that Judas repented himself and hung himself. You're like, wow, he repented, then he hung himself. That is actually a different word than the word Mm. repentance that we see John, Jesus, the writer of Hebrews writes. This is a overwhelming sense of grief on the inside. Mm. It is totally emotionally based. Mm. And the interesting thing about this travailing in tears and I can't believe remorse and grief and despair is it actually pushes you away from a decision, not to a decision of repentance. So we see that he got overwhelmed with emotion. He killed himself and it's more concerned with being caught 
than it is in changing. Mm. I'm really freaking out because my reputation got bashed. I'm not interested in changing, but this destroys me. Therefore, I'm going to destroy myself in the process. Yeah. But what's interesting to me is I've gotten caught in that where I just, I'm I did, again, down in the Molly grubs, I'm, I'm bummed out. I'm emotionally panicking and I don't have a sober mind. I think you have to move, be able to get out of that and actually get to a spot where you are even rooted and grounded in love. Again, mm-hmm. repentance is the most foundational thing, but it's not the most important thing. Love is the most important thing. And it's interesting, even for the most foundational thing, you need the most important thing, love. When you're rooted and grounded in love, you get a sober mind. Mm-hmm. You need a sober mind that isn't overwhelmed in emotion to make the conscious decision to change. Yeah. When you're weeping, crying, <gasps> Yeah. I don't know if you're going to be in the right state right. of so, soberity. Soberity. <laughs> sobriety. 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 Sobriety well, we to give make this, that decision. We give this advice to people when you're thinking about buying a car, we say sleep on it, man. And if you feel the same way tomorrow, then go ahead and buy the car. And I'm not saying go ahead and sleep on repenting, but understanding what you're trying to say is differentiating between getting caught up in emotion and actually being able to sift through all that and make a conscious decision. Can I be vulnerable on this podcast? Yes. And if I go too far, you obviously can edit it, but I don't think you'll need to. (laughs) Something I have to work on, part of my traction plan, part of my employment at New Creation Church and my dealings with Pastor Mark is to receive correction well. I don't always receive correction well. And part of the reason is I get emotional. I could blame it on my Italian heritage and (laughs) my blood rising really quickly, but I get worked (laughs) up. And Pastor Mark, my wife has made note of this, that whenever correction comes, my vocal tone rises really quickly. I get adamant. I go, okay, I did wrong. Let's move on. And I move on quickly. Part of my traction plan, meaning my action steps that I have to work on to grow in my character, is being able to sit in it, allow Mm -hmm. it to pass, allow that emotion to decrease while still staying in correction. Mm -hmm. That's hard. For me, the more people talk, the more intense I get. And instead of blowing up and blowing a fuse, I just want to get out of the situation doing it. But I'm not really hearing. I'm not staying long enough for that emotion to pass because it eventually it will pass. And then you will be in a spot of sobriety of mind, rooted and grounded in love, realizing that God chastises those he loves so that you can make the conscious decision of the mind to repent. I think especially when you're dealing with someone like your boss who's correcting you, it might be a good idea to take note of what he's telling you because after the emotions pass, you can read it again and be like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of truth here. I need to work on this, this, exactly. and this. But in the moment, it's the fight or flight right? exactly. response. And I had mentioned this, I believe, in Crucial Conversations. I reviewed a book. We talked about it. Paige Hatterley actually said it was her favorite podcast. We talked about that one. But when we make a decision in a conversation that's difficult, that our blood's starting to boil, to fill it in a different way or to take a win-win side of it, this person really isn't against me. Right now I'm feeling like they are and I'm just so aggravated, that the cortisol and those chemicals coursing through our body actually biologically take 15 minutes to get out of our symptom so wow. system so you will be experiencing the symptoms of that for about 15 minutes after you've made the decision i'm going to receive this in a different way you have to brave the storm you have to be rooted and grounded long enough to where you start getting the beneficial response to the decision you made 
I'm going to frame this in a different way that's beneficial, not destructive. It's kind of off the point, but really it's a conscious decision of the mind that affects the heart and eventually the actions away from the world into God. That's repentance. I had mentioned it's Jesus's first message. Here it is. Matthew 4, 17. From then on, Jesus began to preach, began to preach, means he continued to repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. I think this is an important point. John the Baptist. It's it's almost word for word. Without the locusts and the wild honey. It's almost word for word. But this is important. Don't just lose this point. It's not just what you're turning from. It's what you're turning to. Because he said, he didn't just say turn. You'd get dizzy if you just kept turning. He said, turn from this to this. The principles of the church that are mentioned in, I'm going to say it again, Hebrews 6. He says, repentance from dead works and faith towards God. Yeah. It goes from the world to God. So I think that's important. Don't just spin. Spinning isn't turning. Right. It's to turn from one thing to another. Yeah. And and yeah, not just turning, but actively pursuing in the, in the opposite direction. That's true. And I even think about the analogy of like when you uproot a weed, you pull a weed out of the ground and if you don't replace it with something else, yeah, all good. you have is that's a good. hole in the ground and an opportunity for more weeds to take place. So yeah, uproot the weed, but plant. Let's just say a rose in place. So turn from sin, but turn to God and start going in that direction. Exactly. And another definition of repentance is a change in thinking, changing your mind. Exactly. I don't know if you were going to go into this. Well, that's what I meant. It's a conscious decision of the mind. That's what I meant when I said that. I didn't know if you were going to bring up that actual definition because we know that definition to be true as well. Changing your mind about something. And I love this too because... And again, I'm bad at references, but the goodness of God. Right, yes, I was going to mention that. Lead men towards repentance. So if we know that lead men towards repentance means changing their mind. When somebody experiences God's goodness, it will cause them to change their mind about him. Yeah, it, it's it's supposed to do that. Yeah. And I think that's great. I'm going to try to present the, an analogy with the remaining time that I have here. And our life is like a cup. So I want you to imagine this. I know we don't have video feed on the podcast. Maybe someday, maybe not. But if you had a cup, uh, let's just say you just did dishes and you have a glass cup. My dad always told me this. Whenever you put the cup that you just washed in the cupboard, do not put it facing down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Dad, why? He's like, because it's wet. It's going to breed bacteria. It will not be clean if you leave it upside down because it's not going to air out. But let's just imagine that our life is a cup because... Paul said that. He said that we are earthen vessels, but we have treasure in earthen vessels. Now, we know this, and I think it's an important spot for us to realize if you haven't already realized it. But when you're born, you're born into sin. You're Mm -hmm. born spiritually dead. You can thank your great, 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 great. Keep going. Times the power of I don't know what. Adam, for dying spiritually, you're born in spiritual death, which means the vessel of God that's made to hold his life is not oriented the way it's oriented to death. So for example, if a cup is going to hold water, if it's upside down, opening to the table, it can't hold the life of God. That's the way we're born. That's why repentance is so important that we've got to change our orientation. But here's the thing. A cup is made to hold water, but it can experience water without holding it. And I share this with our youth students. And I think we have to remind ourselves of this because so often God likes to just get us started. Those are good by snaps. Ex- Thank you. I appreciate that. I was trying to do it well for the 
audio listener. That was my snap. <laughs> Go ahead. God wants to. Yeah, he he wants us to experience something so that we can orientate. <laughs> orientate. Sorry. <laughs> Every time I scrub a word, it makes it laugh. It's, it's, just, hurry. it's a power of Orientate. <laughs> I sound like a Scotsman. A Scottish man. Ah. Uh, <laughs> he wants us to orientate ourselves to him so we can actually hold that. So I have youth students who go to youth camps and man, they are amazing. They'll weep, they'll cry, and they experience the power of God. Mm -hmm. Now I can have that cup upside down and I can pour water all over it and it can experience the water it was made to hold. But after the fact, it's all ran off. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that's changed the inside of it. So maybe you got a glimpse and this is for believers too. I believe honestly, our first decision to repent should really be the predominant thing that's changed our lives. But I believe as believers, we have to live a life of repentance. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I know Absolutely. I've had to consciously make decisions of repent, probably need to do it more often to turn ourselves more to God. But you can experience something and not actually have it on the inside of you. Mm. And I think we fall into that a lot. So maybe you want it. Again, I'm going to go back. This is turning point year. Great time. Turning point year. It's a year of repentance. If we want this year to be different, We need to be different. We can't do the definition of insanity, the same things, and expect different results. That means that this year's got to be a year that's characterized by repentance. So maybe you got a taste. Maybe you experience something and go, I need more of that in 2023. We're two months in. I said, are you discouraged? Are you experiencing something but not actually Mm -hmm. holding it? And you can be in an environment This is what I thought of, and I thought of this after. I don't think I even did this maybe at youth. You can be in an environment that's completely filled with what you want to live in and hold. Have you ever did this? I used to take baths when I was a kid, and my mom would put like cups that I could pour water on and have fun in the bath. And one of my favorite things to do as a kid would be take a cup, turn it upside down above the tub and then push it down to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, when you do that, when you take a cup that's upside down and carry it all the way to the bottom of the tub, is there any water Mm -hmm. in the cup? No, but water, all air, it's full, it's empty, but all around that cup, it can be completely submerged. It can be experiencing it, but not holding any of the water. So repentance is going, my first thing I need to do is do a complete 180 turn. You got to take that cup that's upside down, turn it right side up. I'm doing it right now with my McDonald's coffee cup. Turn it right side up. So this is what I say. But it has a lid on it. Let God uh, flip your cup so he can fill you up. He's got to turn your cup right side up so he can fill the cup. cup flip? What is that? No. It was a youth game that we'd play. Oh, yeah, yeah. You set it on the side of the table. (sighs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm trying right now. I just got coffee everywhere. But I... This just helped me realize it's essential to become a Christian, but also as we're going and we want to add new things to our life, it takes a complete 180 degree change of mind that influences our heart and eventually our actions. Are there areas that I'm experiencing, but I'm not holding? So I've got four questions and we might be done early. The first thing is, am I close to God? Because that's our natural. Closed. Closed. Closed off. That's our natural disposition spiritually. But if we revert back and we don't, crucify our flesh, I think there's still aspects that'll be closed off to God. Are we closed off to God? And secondly, I mean, it's the converse of that other question. Am I open to God? Just think Mm -hmm. about it. To what he wants to do in 2023. 
are you close to it right now? Again, no one can see your heart. Only the Holy Spirit yeah. can. But the, you can ask these questions with the Holy Spirit. Am I closed off to that change that you're wanting yeah. to make today? Am I open to it? Mm. And then, well, even, third, oh, so good. Go ahead. I say even when in I'm ugh, even when I don't see it. You. <laughs> I said even when you ask that question right now, are you open to God? There's a little angst that happens on the inside because it's like yes, but there's an area where I know you're going to talk right. to me about repentance and ah. So it's almost like we have a whole set of cups and different cups are to different areas of our life. We have to make conscious decisions in each area to flip these over and not just be sad. Yeah. So then the third question is, am I without the life of God? Again, maybe you're not even saved. Maybe you have to turn your life around so God can fill you up. But are there certain areas where you're without the life of God? And fourth, am I holding the life of God? Am I holding that? Because the purpose is... Don't be settled to just experience something. Don't be settled like, oh, yeah, I felt that cool, refreshing water. Come, I'm a cup. I got the water for a slight moment. What's the difference between experiencing something and holding something? Well, someone who experiences something can't be generous with it. They can't pass it on to someone else. If you actually hold the life of God, you can give it to someone else. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of, I, I used to have a dog growing up. Uh, Libby, God rest your soul. Well, I don't. That's Do all different... dogs go to heaven? That's a different podcast, <laughs> Tell me right man. Now, man. That's a different. I'm freaking out. That's a different podcast. So, growing up uh, in the summers, I had chores, and one of my chores was to water the flowers. And I was really lazy, and there was a lot of flowers around the house, and so I would just take the hose, and I had, we had the handle attachment with the stream, and I would just shoot it from across the yard and just try and <laughs> nail those flowers from like thirty feet. Like, oh, That's good. Goodness. But as I did that, my dog would come up and just start biting the water, just like. <laughs> You want to do that again? <laughs> and she was thirsty. And I'm like, you have a dog bowl with that's full of water right inside the house. But she came out and she was trying to get the water and she's just chomping at it. And, and she had to keep doing it because she wasn't really getting the amount of water that she desired. And I'm thinking, well, just go inside. That, that bowl is already full of water and you can partake of that. And I was just thinking about people who are living from experiences. It's way harder to... Just like my dog catch water from the hose, it's way harder to keep getting those experiences. I'm just thinking about like the time it takes to sign up for the conference or go to the meeting and do that. When in all reality, it's like walking around with a clothes with a flipped over cup, being like, "I need some. I need water. I need water. I'm dripping. I need water." Exactly. When if you just you're getting it, if yes. you just turned the cup over, right? If my dog just went inside and drank from the bowl, she would be satisfied. She would be filled. Yes. But you know, we go from conference to conference. We spend money. We get on planes. We go to meetings, just to get an experience, and it's something that we can't share because the cup is turned upside. Down. And I think that has something to do with our heart of repentance. Absolutely. And have you ever found yourself in this spot again? I think this is time too i'm being vulnerable on the podcast but you come and you just come to church and you're like i'm just here man and then somebody goes i've got a prayer request like will somebody (laughs) pray and you check and you're like no i don't have nothing to give (laughs) well it's like somebody else better do it because they're in a better spot than me you ever felt that way yeah and why is that that's normally because you're not turning yourself towards god so not just, and we get so selfish. Yeah. I think of selfish, like um, different things, but it's selfish not to repent because then you can't be a vessel that God can pour out of himself to someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's good for you because you're fulfilling your purpose. If you're a vessel, 
Your purpose is to hold the life of God. And it's also generous because you can take of what you're holding and pour mm-hmm. into someone else, knowing that God will be faithful to pour back yeah. into you. I have a an analogy, a picture in my head of those big water parks, like the playgrounds, like the water jungle oh, gyms. come on, come on. With the big bucket up top that's constantly being filled, and every like few minutes it just dumps and wrecks some little two-year-old walk, walking by. Not that your repentance and the life that you pour out to God is going to wreck somebody in a natural way, but it should... You should be constantly in a state of the cup being oriented the right way and being filled and being on a hinge that whenever God desires you to pour out, you pour out. And it's almost automatic. It's not, do I need to choose to pour out the life of God? No, no. You're an open vessel on a hinge. So when that sucker gets full, boom, it dumps. In real talk, maybe you're at a spot going, God, I just don't feel like you're involving me in your work in this time. You're not blessing others through me. And maybe he's going, I can't pour anything in your cup. It's not oriented towards me. Whenever you experience something, it runs right off you like water off a duck's back. You're not holding anything that Mm -hmm. I could pour into someone else's life. The first step for you to be more influential in what God wants to do on the earth now is to take some time with him and go, God, I'm turning this cup right side up. I'm going to start fulfilling the purpose. Speak to me, pour Mm -hmm. up. But we can't take that for granted. That's why it's one of the ABCs. It's the, it's the. It's preschool right. doctrines. And I, I think about it this way because, like, the whole purpose of the cup or not analogy was that you are turning from, <laughs> I keep spilling <laughs> coffee everywhere. You are turning from one thing, yeah. right? And turning to something else. Okay, very basic. And I just think about this when your cup is oriented upside down, I'm holding it right now above the table, and I'm thinking about an experience or something that maybe even the world provides. It's like throwing this. Up into the cup. Yeah, it, ain't, yeah. it ain't staying there. Like It's like trying to throw water into an upside-down cup. It just pours right back out. That's why sin is only enjoyable for, for a season. season. Right? Your cup is oriented the wrong way. And so when you make that decision to turn to ah, God, look at that. it is now oriented in a way that whatever's thrown at it can stay in. Right, because you're holding it above the table. I've always yeah. used the analogy where the cup is sealed off the table. It can't get they anything. They both work. But if you hold both it out in work. the air and you're upside down, the things from the earth, the things from below Come are on. tossing sin up Come into your on. cup. You're like, oh, I'm actually feeling it on the inside, but then it falls out. Yeah. It's tasteful for a season and then it falls out and there's this despair of losing it. And you feel empty. And you're dirtied from what just hit on the inside of the cup. Wow. You don't have the enjoyable experience. You have the terrible residue from what hit on the inside of the cup. And it's not living water. Sometimes it's it's dirty water. Sometimes it's cherry Coke, which is, it tastes really good. But in the end, it's corroding your stomach. Yes. (laughs) But then we turn the cup right side up. Not from below, things getting tops down. Things are coming from the top, but your cup's oriented in a place where it can hold what's given and it doesn't dirty the cup. It cleanses it. And what's beautiful is that even, so look at this cup right here. There's residue of coffee. When I leave it open like this, we're talking about this, the law of displacement, the spirit of God, the the living water gets poured into your cup and you and you and it overflows Cleanses it's it. displacing the coffee residue displacing yes. the residue of the world right and and cleaning and cleansing it from the inside out church have we encouraged you to turn your so. cup right side what up so it? he can fill you up the turn the cup the flip I'll let you decide he's the one who uh, edits these podcasts he's the one who uploads them thank you for your work in that let's do wisdom of the day what I just said, I think man. what you just said, I liked that your analogy holding it out. You really maximize it. I mentioned Thanks, that last episode. Yeah. Life, sin, the world, culture will toss things up. You will experience them, but they're going to fall right out and you're going to be left with the residue of your sin. 
You turn it right side up. God pours from heaven. Your cup's oriented in a way where it can hold the things, displace what's old, and hold the life of God so you can pour into other people. Be influential in this church age and what God wants to do through you. That's the wisdom of the day. Will you pray us out? Sure. I'll pray us out. Father God, uh, we're so thankful for the life that we have in you. We're thankful, Father God, and we embrace this idea and this principle and, and fundamental practice of repentance. May it not be something that we are scared of or shy away from, Father God, but we would run towards you, run to, to the Father, and run away from sin, Father God, because we want to live a life that's well-pleasing to you. We want to be vessels of honor that are fit for the Master's use, and a vessel is not useful if it's oriented the wrong way. So we change, we make that decision in our minds, Father God, free of emotion. If emotion is involved, that's that's fine, but we would make a conscious decision, Father God, to turn and orient ourselves in the in the right way so we can be used to our highest and fullest potential, Father God, and pour out of the life of God that is being poured into us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Jonathan. That's so much fun. And thank you, listener. I encourage you, if you haven't subscribed or follow our podcast, please do it. Leave us a review. We haven't had one on Apple for a while. I'm not on Spotify. So if you've done it on Spotify, thank you for doing that. I don't feel terrible about it because we don't really promote this thing. Right. But if you want to, that would mean a lot to me. Thank you so much for listening every week. And we'll be back. And we're looking forward to it next week on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with Jay and Jake.